0: It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Today's guest is Christy Chambers. She is the CEO of the Columbus Community Center in Salt Lake, Utah. And the question we're asking her today is this. The primary theme is moving forward while preserving the good. Kind of taking off of Jim Collins' words. um, The question more fully is how to move your nonprofit into the future while preserving the best current practices and culture of that organization. Christy has a wealth of experience, both in the for-profit and nonprofit world. In fact, it's interesting, before she was a CEO, she had more of the financial route, where she was the CFO for a couple of uh, nonprofit organizations, and then she moved into the CEO role. Uh, so she's currently at the Columbus Community Center. She was also at the 4th Street Clinic. So if you're from Utah or the Salt Lake area, you've heard of the 4th Street Clinic, a fantastic organization. And what she's going to talk about, again, is how she's sought to integrate and uh, support and encourage the best parts of her organization while still moving that organization into the future. She's got a lot of good experience. I think you're going to really enjoy hearing her take on things and how she approaches leadership situations. Enjoy today's show. Today, our guest is Christy Chambers. She is the CEO for Columbus Community Services, and she's also a good friend. And Christy, I'm really glad to have you on the show today.
1: Happy to be here.
0: Well, good, and thanks for she's joining us on phone and... Uh... Here's the key question we want to tackle today on our podcast show. And that is this, um, the kind of the catchphrase is moving forward while preserving the good. So what I'm going to be asking Christy about today is how to move your nonprofit into the future while preserving the best current practices and culture of your current organization. Christy has had a lot of different experience uh, with nonprofits uh, throughout the state and even before then. Um, So let's just start with that. Uh, Christy, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you specifically got involved serving and leading within the nonprofit sector.
1: Sure. Well, kind of back up, Um, my education, I'm a graduate from UCLA, and I graduated with a degree in business economics. Um, I also achieved a master's um, in taxation. So you think, wow, you know, how how do you get into the nonprofit world with that type of background? Um, For me, it's been an interesting journey. Um, I certainly came up through the finance track for for-profit, um, and so I've seen the business world firsthand primarily on the finance end. And that, I think, is played quite well in the nonprofit world as well. How I landed in the nonprofit world is um, my next natural progression was to take a CFO role, and that was afforded to on the opportunity of joining a nonprofit, a larger nonprofit. Again, I think the most interesting piece of it, though, was the dynamics between the board and the staff and uh, understanding what that looked like. And, and I can say, based on that experience, no two situations are ever the same. The dynamics are very, very different. Um, in having done that for about a year and a half, I did have the opportunity to come back to Salt Lake in the capacity of a CEO for Four Street Clinic, which is uh, homeless health care, and what was good about that particular uh, experience was um, we had an opportunity to really corral a staff and the board to do absolutely amazing things. It was a very exciting time there for me. We were able to get a grant that built out the clinic, we added the dental component, we raised over a million dollars in cash to make that agency quite sustainable and um for me, it was just a, it was a thrill to be able to contribute back to the community on that end. We also had to advocate um, in the state for Medicaid expansion, so we had to go up to the hill on several occasions to support uh, insurance for people who fell below the 100% poverty level. Um, so that gave me really quite a broad understanding, I think, of this CEO role. Um, I had the opportunity to consult after that, and then landed current in my current position um, where I've been for the last year and a half-plus for an even larger organization that um, supports people with disabilities both in their residential setting and then provides not only work opportunities but vocational training to individuals with disabilities so that they can integrate and be a part of our community on a level uh, that really is, I think, unforeseen in the history of this country. So very excited to be a part of this, Um, very excited to be able to serve my community. In the nonprofit realm, and um, I'm passionate about it. Um, and I, I see myself doing this for a long time to come.
0: Well, and that's what an interesting way to kind of like say come through the finance world and back into more now a CEO role, or not back into, but you moved into a CEO role. Um, so, talk about a little bit the Columbus Community Services and um, what is the mission? How has it changed over the years? And even you coming in the last year and a half, what are you seeing as some of the challenges to continue to move that nonprofit forward?
1: Um, Well, Columbus has been around for 48 years, um, and we really grew up along the disability movement. Our current mission, and it's changed uh, just recently, is transforming lives of individuals with disabilities through employment training, day programs, and housing since 1968. Um, So, again, we've been doing this for quite some time. What I found very interesting stepping into this is, Having a mature organization um, that, uh, you know, basically over the course of the years has uh, become pro- quite prominent in the community. Um, interestingly, though, in this particular nonprofit, we were part of the school district up until January of 2015, and then we spun off into a much larger nonprofit. So, Columbus Community Center is about a nine million dollar uh, nonprofit, which is large uh, for Utah in particular. Um, as far as it's changing over the years, again, this was started by parents who uh, wanted something more for their children. And if you think back 50 years and what that looked like for people with disabilities, many of them uh, you, you didn't really see. Um, they were they were cared for by the families, sometimes not taken out in public. Um, you certainly didn't see them in the workforce. You certainly didn't see them in the schools. Um, So these parents got together and decided that they wanted something more. And they were quite pioneering in their efforts um, in being able to pass not only state legislation, but also national legislation, which led to the AEA, uh, which of course um, now is just part and parcel to how we uh, operate here in the United States, as well as providing fair and equal education opportunities for individuals with disabilities so of course now um, I look at my daughter and she's peer tutoring for uh, special needs kids in her school and they are becoming more and more a part of the fabric and culture of our education system and also deserving of an equal education opportunity so Columbus you know pretty much grew up along that where we uh, found an also an interesting place is in the vocational training and Similar to the other initiatives that that came about through the disability movement, one of which, too, was people with disabilities should be employed um, and employed in uh, meaningful jobs, and there should be it didn't be through work. So Columbus adopted a tagline as being the entrepreneurs of the human spirit, and what that's translated into in our particular setting is uh, we have six different lines of business, so we do shred. Uh, and we employ specifically people with disabilities, and some even with more severe disabilities that wouldn't be employed otherwise. We do custodial and grounds maintenance. We have a manufacturing warehouse uh, where we we skip um, uh, food that goes into the food pantries across the state. Um, we cut yoga mats. We um, compile pizza boxes. We package and kit for the Governor's Economic Summit, um, just a whole host of things. I think our most recent uh, endeavor is we are now um, assembling brush heroes which are things that are distributed through Amazon so we're also doing Amazon fulfillment I just mentioned just that's a few things to kind of give you a sense of uh, what the capabilities are of our workforce in order to um, be productive but what's fun for me for that is this is I think where my for profit background comes into play is these are sustainable businesses we make a profit off of these right profit and these right back into our mission um, which also includes the residential component. So uh, we're housing people um, in across Salt Lake and scattered sites. Um, and many of these people have been with us uh, for their entire adult life. Um, again, in a mature organization, I mean, it's really quite a family. People come here every day and have for the last 20, 30 years. Um, we just celebrated The first retirement of uh, one of our founding parents' child decided at the age of 65 he could retire, but he had been working for us for 40 years. So that's
0: who we are. Well, it's interesting, and it sounds like this is an organization that's been a going, you know, for a long time now. And so, let's talk about it a little bit. As we go back to kind of our main focus today, is you know, how do you move an organization, particularly like yours, that's been around for a long time, has been successful, but you probably want to go to new heights and do new things? Um, so, first, you know, we talk about having an effective team that understands the mission and the history behind an organization, and then together works effectively to move forward, you know, with new progress. Um, as the CEO, how have you sought to build continuity with the mission while bringing your unique perspective to the organization? Because obviously you you as the CEO are going to have a little bit different take than the previous CEO. Um, how do you bring your unique perspective, honor the mission that's been there for for a long time, build continuity, but yet at the same time, as Jim Collins used to say, preserve the core but stimulate progress?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, well, and it's, you know, those are all challenging things. Um, for me, you know, I, I almost had a nice opportunity in, in putting my stamp on things, having just separated from the school district, we had to do a major corporate reorganization. So um, I had to step in very quickly and manage that change, but people would have to change anyway because of the circumstances. So, you know, how do you do that successfully? Um, What I found to be the most helpful in that was – essentially you know pull together my executive team very very quickly um, and start really talking about the strategic initiatives and valuing the institutional knowledge um, that came along with working for such a, a mature organization um and that takes just a lot of listening I think and you know first and foremost its it's a function of understanding the culture what that is um, and understanding uh what what the nonprofit means to the community at large. So for me, my first six months here was really kind of stepping in and absorbing it all, as well as needing to change things. So um, in particular, in this particular setting, uh, we did not really necessarily have the administrative backbone Um, because having been a part of the school district, a good portion of that was being managed at the school district level. So came in and really tackled the human resource component um, very strongly. We needed a human resource department. We needed to create a fair culture, a culture that people trusted, one that they felt that they had safety in expressing concerns, um and that they had advocates in making sure that uh the workplace was productive and safe and um we were attracting the necessary talent into our setting um, to really move that forward. That- talk
0: about that a little bit because I like the mechanics because I think for you, you've done this many years. You've been a part of a lot of different nonprofits, but talk about the mechanics perhaps about how do you make those decisions? How would you make those changes? How'd you go about getting people around you to support the changes that needed to be made? how did you make sure that you didn't burn any bridges with partners or with, uh, you know, staff members that are really valuable that really are going to help you move forward? Yeah, talk a little bit more about the, um, the steps you took to make those changes because obviously you saw the need and they needed a change to move forward. Um, so how'd you do that as a leader?
1: Yeah, well, I, again, I think it's listening and understanding it and understanding the talents of the people that you have currently and how that works. Um, we looked at the org chart, frankly, and tried to do a needs assessment to understand um you know where the holes were and what we uh, what we needed to fill in and what talent we needed to attract or where the existing talent was. Um but that was done certainly in conjunction with my management team. Um, And so getting that input, um, you know, not being the final decision maker on that, uh, in many ways, some of this had to be done by consensus because I'm new to the organization. You know, they've got a lot of knowledge and history with this. Uh, We had facilitators uh, come in and help us, um, you know, do several exercises as to what the new organization should be like. Um, Drawing that out and demonstrating it on paper, too, I think was very helpful in doing kind of processes and, understanding um, how the different processes work and where process efficiencies would be. Um, I will say, you know, again, uh, for me, I was lucky I inherited some really talented people. So putting their talents to good use was not a difficult thing. And, you know, frankly, I still rely on that. So um, I think when you step into a larger organization where you have people who know their job more intimately than you ever possibly could, you know, it's a function of delegation and orchestration. Um, of understanding how to put all of these pieces together in a cohesive way. Uh, I think from a leadership standpoint, I've always been a kind of a a service-driven leader. You know, How can I best support you in your job to make this work as best it can be for the organization? We went through an exhaustive strategic planning process after I had been there six months. Um, Strategic planning was part and parcel to what they had been doing already, so it was a a difficult thing to um, institute. But we spent three months with the executive management team, um, really understanding what that would look like. And uh, the, st- the strategic initiatives uh, were primarily around culture and retention of our staff and how do we keep good people and move them forward. Um, the other nice thing, and again, this, this was something that I inherited, was we as an agency are tackling autism. Um, because we feel Mm -hmm. our model in disability very much applies to the autism community. Um, And so I think when you have these large initiatives that bring people together around a common cause, uh, you have great success in doing that. Um, So in moving this agency forward, we have some pretty big plans and a very ambitious strategic plan to uh, really increase our programs along a certain population that we feel that we are experts in in understanding what that will look like. We're also in, engaged in a very large capital campaign um, where we will be building 156-unit affordable housing. Um, so again, people rallying around wow. these common purposes uh, really can go a long way in building your team and moving them forward. Um, and then again, attracting the right talent, making sure you have the right people there, making sure your organization um, and its infrastructure is solid and sound. And um, again, creating a place where people really want to work and contribute, um, I think all of those pieces allow you to build on what you've been doing that allows you to move forward in a very orchestrated, very exciting Um, place we're excited over here
0: so okay talk about your role as a ceo with all those things too so for example you sounds like you had the executive management team you know come in did you have a consultant as well to help you through the strategic planning process and then maybe as you're answering that talk about in your opinion what are the three most important roles that you serve as a ceo for your organization
1: i'm um, sure um for for us um what was so nice, and again I, I feel really quite fortunate um I landed on a gentleman who had retired, he had been the prior c o o for u uh, t a uh, was instrumental in getting the track systems in place, had done several startup companies. And as he was entering his retirement, he really wanted to give back to the community. Uh, and he and I had formed a friendship. Um, and uh, he said, I want to come work for you. I said, okay. <laughs> well, come in as a consultant, and we're going to figure this all out together. So he was a nice sounding board. He He was with us for our first year here, my first year here, Um, so I was able to call upon him daily to help facilitate a lot of these meetings, and and that was really uh, instrumental, I think, in the success of doing this and doing it successfully. Um, As far as uh, where I feel the important roles of the CEO, our executive director of a nonprofit, I really think there's an internal focus I think there's an external focus, and then I think there's a sustainability component. And when I say internal, I, I mean you have to build the infrastructure and the administrative backbone. You have to make sure your benefits are aligned. You have to make sure your salaries are appropriate. You have to make sure that your your insurance covers all the risk management. Um, you have to deal with the personnel issues on a daily basis. You have to move the operations forward. You have to do process improvement. You have to do all of the things that I think any Business CEO has to do, Um, and uh, you know I think those are pretty standard. I think what makes nonprofit interesting is there's also an external focus, and that external focus is you have to engage the community into your mission. So a lot of it's marketing, a lot of it's you know public speaking, a lot of it's being able to clearly and succinctly share your mission with others and get people excited about that. And then it's a function of having people feel confident enough in your agency's ability to donate to you. Um, in a way that uh, they feel good about, but also they feel confident that you're going to exercise the appropriate stewardship. Uh, And that appropriate stewardship kind of harkens back to the internal focus that is, you know, a well-run organization is going to be able to do this quite well. The third one, the sustainability, is really kind of engaging your board in the governance component um, and making sure – that your compliance issues are all in place and that there's an oversight through your board where they are feeling like you are going to be sustainable for now in the future and also managing the mission in a way that doesn't take you too far off track from what your actual mission is. Um, so the board piece and the governance piece I think is something many CEOs, executive directors are having to manage uh, quite regularly. Um, and again, if the dynamics there are good between your board and your staff and your executive director. There's nothing you can't do. Um, and keeping all of that balanced and aligned uh, is is definitely one of the bigger parts of the CEO's role.
0: I like that. Very good. Three key uh, critical areas of leadership. Um, and so then, as you translate that and, and apply that to your organization, in your opinion, what are the right metrics for measuring the success of a nonprofit?
1: make sure it's aligned with your mission. Um, and you you know you wanna make sure you're measuring the quality of your ser- services and the quantity of your services. And then also, what is the social impact of what you're doing for the community at large? Um, we have the benefit of being able to hire a data manager now, and I'm very excited because we're form- formulating our KPIs, our key performance indicators. Uh, we are engaging with Sorenson Impact Center on a, a, a social impact bond, and what that means. So how are our services being cost effective to the community at large? Uh, You hear a lot about pay for success and the like, so we're exploring that as well. But putting the numbers and the data around this are are really critical. Um, You know, it's hard to measure quality, uh, but I think that that's possible. You can do client surveys, you can see if the people in your settings are happy, you can see if your customers are happy. Uh, and, and gauge that, but we're doing quite a bit of surveying of people as far as how we can improve our processes and what does that look like, and then putting the necessary data behind it. You know, quantity, of course, you know, accounting bodies or counting services um, is you know, far far easier than some of these other things, um, but in the meantime, um, we use the metrics and key performance indicators, you know, quite regularly. Of course, being kind of a business as well, you know, you've got to be able to understand that. And certainly user, using your financial statements as a means to gauge your success uh, has always been kind of my forte anyway. So. I rely very heavily on that as well. Um, And then you do have grant requirements that force you into gathering that data, and you have to perform for the grants that you're getting. So we're always forced into that. Or if you're a large government, funded agencies, uh, you know, as healthcare is, uh, you know, those metrics are already forced upon you in order to get your base funding. So in many ways, uh, I always found that uh, those nonprofits that were seeking large government grant funding, uh, you know, were doing a great job of tracking those performance indicators, and that's just by virtue of uh, necessity. Uh, so so there's quite a few different scenarios that I think different agencies
0: can be adopting excellent well that's very, very helpful and then you know when we think about nonprofits in general with their leadership culture you 've talked about how you have some millennials that you 're attracting, for example, and obviously you came into an organization that 's had a lot of history and yet you 're trying to move it forward you 're trying to you know improve certain areas of your services um, what are you What's kind of your take of seeing All the nonprofits you've been a part of, plus you're on the UNA board, we're on that together, so you see a lot of different nonprofits across the state. Um, Do you think, in your opinion, that nonprofits need a major overhaul of their leadership culture, or do you find that most just need to tweak a few things here and there? Give some examples, in your opinion, of what most nonprofits need to do.
1: Nonprofit leaders are extraordinary because, again, we're balancing so many things. We have to be so many different things in so many different settings. There's a marketing component to it. There's an administrative component to it. There's a visionary component to it. There's a pragmatic component to it. Um, so I, I just I think that managing a nonprofit is far harder than really managing a business, um, because you have to bring in many, many different skills in order to do it successfully. We have lumpy revenue streams. You know, there's, you know, a lot of nonprofits, there's not a consistent expectation as to what your year is going to look like based on services provided. As a matter of fact, in many situations, the more services provided, the more scarcity you have, of resources um, because you're fulfilling a mission um, and you know maybe don't have a guaranteed revenue stream of what that looks like. So um, I, I again I just think uh, nonprofit leaders um, in these nonprofits uh, are amazing and I think they can translate very well into any setting because they've had this whole variety of skill sets that they've needed to master along the way. Um, I do see though I think as funders get more sophisticated and need for data and need for outcomes. Uh, we're certainly hearing a lot about that in you know, collective impact or um, in these um, in these pay for success models where you're really being forced by banks and, and other for-profit businesses to prove your worth. Um, I think there probably needs to be a little bit more need for data management in your own setting and developing systems uh, that allow you to give the answers to a lot of the questions that are being posed. Um, and then we are all being forced into being a little bit more business-minded. Um, and I think that's an area I think a lot of nonprofit leaders, um, well, especially in the social services, come up through me may, maybe more of a humanitarian background um, and, you know, being able to inspire and lead and promote causes and be voices for people um, and advocate on behalf of underserved populations. Uh, you know, that's maybe more of the social services sector. Um, and so you have a lot of people with uh you know degrees in social work and the like who gravitate very naturally to the nonprofit sector so I think it's a rounding out of those skills. I think generalists um do better as leaders of nonprofits um again people who can kind of look at the whole entire picture and provide many different skills and then understand how to delegate and uh and manage people um but then again, I will put a caveat on that I've been Affiliated with much larger nonprofits, so I've had those resources at my disposal. I think smaller nonprofits, again, you have to wear many, many, many different hats. You have to be able to write a grant. You have to be able to go out and do your public speaking. You have to be able to manage the financial statements, and that houses under usually one one individual doing all of those things. So the nonprofit world is an interesting one because the size varies so significantly. You have um, of course, you know, volunteer-driven nonprofits where there is no hired staff to really very, very large nonprofits, you know, IHC, we don't even know if we're going to put them in our category, but IHC is a nonprofit. The United Way, too, is a $26 million nonprofit. We're a $9 or $10 million nonprofit. So uh, we have a little bit more luxury as far as what that looks like. But um, you know, leadership. I think it, it, I think it's underestimated as to what it takes to run a nonprofit. And I again, I've always been such an admirer of those who can do it and do it well.
0: Well said, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think uh, uh, it's such a leadership-intensive organization because so much of what we do is based on volunteers. And you said it well. I particularly think with m- uh, smaller nonprofits the CEO slash executive director wears so many hats. You know, you have to be good at so many different things. And if you want to grow an organization, you have to eventually find people that can take over those roles, then you hand them off. And so it, it is, it's a, I think it's a very leadership intensive and um, challenging place uh, to serve, but it's so rewarding. You said it earlier with your work. I feel the same with my work. Uh, nonprofit work can be so rewarding and it's all worth it. But um, there's some leadership challenges that I think some people who have not been involved with nonprofits don't always realize. Well, this has been wonderful. I think It's fun to hear more about what you do. Uh, great insights. Obviously, you've done a lot of different things. You know, both nationally and, of course, regionally. Um, thank you for your time. Now, if people want to find out more about the Columbus Community Center, where do they go? And then, if they want to find out more about you or contact you, uh, where would you send them?
1: Sure. Um, we, our website is ColumbusServes. A lot of S's in that. dot org. And people are welcome to email me. Um, I'd be very um, flattered and very receptive to answering any further questions. My personal email address is kchambers, K-C-H-A-M-B-E-R-S, at columbassers.org.
0: Excellent. Sounds good. Christy, thank you again for all that you're doing. You're making a difference, and uh, you're giving some great leadership, not just to your organization, but also to the UNA. So thanks for all you do.
1: Yeah, thanks, Rob. I, I appreciate the opportunity.